Are we going to talk about the Joker? No, we can. Because we barely ever have ideas of what we should watch like beforehand. Yeah, so when we have one, it's like amazing. I'm like, what? She goes, the Joker. She got, it with, she got me with it like five times. Maybe she, actually, maybe she actually wants to watch the Joker. I do, but it's a great bit. Do you bring it up on holidays mostly? Yeah, because it just seems like such a great movie to watch on Christmas. <laughs> with the family. <laughs> birthdays. You're listening to episode 50 of Wine and Cheese, the podcast about whiny records and cheesy movies. I'm Joey. I'm Mike. And I'm Zia. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I wasn't sure if I should say first name, last name. I felt that. <laughs> you, can, you can say her last name if you want. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it just felt formal. It felt formal. <laughs> Hello, good sir. I am. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Um, episode 50, we thought we'd bust out all the big guns. So we got Zia to talk about... The Promise Rings, Nothing Feels Good, off of Jade Tree Records in 1997, and Reality Bites from 1994, starring Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, and Ben Stiller. And directed by Ben Stiller. Correct. Written by Helen Childress, also supporting roles by Janine Garofalo <laughs> and Steve Zahn. <laughs> if we could run down all of the credits, that yeah. would be great. Guys, uh, I, before we start, I have to say I'm honored to be here. Honored, We're to, honored have to have you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a lot of big things. It's a 50th. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. really exciting. Let's see. What's the t- traditional 50th birthday gift? Copper. Is it birthday or anniversary? <laughs> yeah, oh, an- Isn't it like every other year is wood, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a For lot your- of like wood, paper. Yeah. <laughs> 50th anniversary gift. I bet it's gold. Not it's- many people make it to 50. It's literally gold. Actually. Oh, oh my shit. God. Okay. It's so good. That's good. Now let's see if there's a 50th birthday gift. You guys also <laughs> had me here because I am 50 years old. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> when, when is gold. your birthday, actually? Uh, May 30th. I'm good, a Gemini. Good day. Good day. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good day. <laughs> uh, back to the the show. No, yes. Uh, no, no. Get I just wanted to say that the connection is just different ways of saying life sucks, everything is, I guess. Oh, we should have done everything sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Well, nothing feels good. Reality bites. I guess it makes sense, kind of. Well, can I already jump into it? Please. Because apparently, the apparently apparently <laughs> the, out the title "Reality Bites" is was supposed to be misconstrued another way. It's supposed to be "Reality Bites," like bites of reality. Chomp? That oh. makes sense. Uh-huh, oh. Like little bits of reality, but it could uh, go either way. But like I think bite that her size, yeah, like a traditional, like a. Um, an alternative name, rather, to like her TV show almost could be like Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why in that introduction they show like it in a bowl of like alphabet soup. Right? <laughs> oh, so little yeah. bites. Like here's your little bites of each person's life. Well, makes this a lot of pairing sense. makes no sense now. <laughs> <laughs> way to go, Joey. Whoops. <laughs> well, another thing is we're kind of long overdue to talk about the promise ring because for the longest time, and I only recently changed it in our sort of like podcast summary at the end of every show's notes mm-hmm. where we're like our mission statement, if you will, mm-hmm. always gives examples of stuff that we cover and the promise ring has always been there, but we've never talked about them. We had to so much something. so that Liam has got on our case about <laughs> it a few times being like, he you was. guys say that you've to, you talk about the promise ring, but you haven't. That's a pretty good Liam impression. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty impressive. You guys have gone 50 episodes and not talked about The Promise Ring. We've been all over the map, but somehow I've never... There's a lot... Honestly, they're one of many 
yeah like cornerstones of emo <laughs> i guess you could say that we haven't talked about we got whiny in different ways but i i thought we were reserving episode 50 for the best emo album of all time blink 182 self-titled oh so the old title okay <laughs> it's the most emo album in the world right they they do like the that's they, the one we, with could, the we could live like jack and sally if yeah. we wanted <laughs> emo stuff real deal emo stuff deal. where are you <laughs> Real deal emo stuff. Um, what kind of real deal emo stuff have you been listening to, Mike? Uh, not, oh no, uh, not a lot of emo, but uh, I rediscovered Nirvana. Okay, that band's cool. Did you see it on like a Target T-shirt? You're like, yep. what's that band? And I saw a child, like a baby, in like a onesie that said Nirvana, and I was like, huh. All right. Honestly, the first record's really good. Bleach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they put out no, no bad songs. And I'll stand behind it. Wow. Vigo Mortensen and Buckethead recorded 21 albums together. I haven't listened to them, but I thought that was interesting. <laughs> uh, and lastly, there's that song, Buddy Holly Was the First Ramon. And honestly, I think it's Who's true. that by? I think you said Vigo Mortensen? <laughs> yeah, it's by Vigo Mortensen. Uh, let me check it out, actually. Wait, what I is that? to you? I, sw- I thought you told me about it. Can I say what does that mean? You want to break that down? Yeah. He was a loser, kind of. Like, he wore, like, the, like, weird little glasses. I feel like the Ramones would, like, wear glasses. (laughs) They were were all traditional guys. (laughs) Number one, both wear glasses. He wrote short, poppy songs that were, like, alternative for the time, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Sold. Sure. (laughs) The band's called Ultimate Power Duo. I did not send you those. I'm... mm, You may be right. (laughs) 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 Well, I'm going to skip you then. Zia, what have you been listening to? (laughs) Oh, sweet. Sick. I've been listening to um, a lot of Black Marble. Do you okay. know that band? I've They're heard great. of them, yeah. Or He's Great. I he's don't know great. how many people are in it, actually. Yeah, he's really good. I think we started listening to a lot of Black Marble because I just can't stop listening to 80s um, New Wave. So I listen yeah. to a lot of New Order these days. A lot of Cure. All that Very sad cool. boy stuff. <laughs> I think Black Marble played at Johnny Brenda's <laughs> probably three years ago at this point, but... It well, seemed relevant at the time. And he played uh, Underground Arts a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It was around my birthday. I think, it was. Maybe. I think it was or like off. the day before my birthday. I think mm-hmm. Sagittarius. No, Scorpio. Scorpio. It was. I think he played the thirteenth. Nice of November. Wait, when's your birthday? January sixth. Oh, Capricorn. Capricorn. Ooh, you I don't it. know anything about your people. So your people. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> same. <laughs> We're a mysterious bunch. Is that so, what you had? So okay. That's it. That's it's all my I turn. Got. Hello. Um, I just listen. To, I wake up and I put on Sad Boy <laughs> and I listen to it all day <laughs> and then I go to sleep. Black that Marble works. is great. I'm I'm always, I actually made just like a playlist of all of his albums recently and I just shuffle it now. It's pretty great. Heck um, yeah. But uh, Mitski has like four new songs. Uh, I've been listening to those basically on like repeat, especially all week. Um, the newest one, is, I think it's called Love Me More, is really good. Um, I listened to this guy named Dougie Poole. He put out an album called The Freelancer's Blues. Have you heard this, Mike? I feel like you might kind of like it. Dougie Poole? Don't let this sell you on it because <laughs> it's a bad description, but it's like this guy from Brooklyn that makes country music, which is like total stolen valor, I feel like, but it's pretty good. Um, okay. And it's kind of like got like that sort of like uh, Silver Jews style. Oh. like baritone like T- low tongue-in-cheek kind of like lyrics and stuff too he looks cool i'm looking at a photo of him on yeah it looks screen. cool the album art's cool it's pretty good it, i think it came out like two years ago uh and then long Mount potion castle has a new album uh it's pretty great <laughs> uh this uh, 
Can you can you sing the one of the hits the from the flip, album? Flip Wild? No, flip I'm not going to sing it. Flip but Child look up look up uh, Flip Wild by Doctor. <laughs> what does he say, Doctor? I forget. Oh, I remember forget. something with like a, a Z or yeah. something. I don't remember, but it's great. Uh, yeah, I listened to that in the car a couple times this week, and that's pretty good. Got me cracking up. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. I got to close this tab. I'm just looking at photos of Dougie Pool's different outfits. <laughs> Are they good? <laughs> They're pretty cool. He's got some fits. Okay, I'll check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, right. we've been we've been all listening to the Bloodhound Gang. That's true. Prior to this episode, <laughs> we listened to the, a couple of Bloodhound Gang College, hits. Collegeville's finest. Collegeville's finest. Uh, speaking of 1997, <laughs> which is I feel like when the Bloodhound Gang was around. Yeah, that was my probably. transition point. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. Good I think you're. I think that was like yeah, 98 when that song came out. Bad uh, touch. Bad touch. Mm-hmm. That was probably more like ninety nine, two thousand. But I think they had, you know, they had their their toes in a couple different. Um, bad touch ninety nine. Ponds. Firewater burn ninety six. There you go. Pretty when I'm drunk ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, they've been active from. Oh, also known as the Bang Chamber Eight. Mm. Let's not go down this yeah. road. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's transition to uh, Jade Tree Records, nineteen ninety seven. They're putting out an album called Nothing Feels Good by The Promise Ring. They are. Based out of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, right? The mm-hmm. Promise Ring? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Jade Tree, of course, is is from? From my homeland. <laughs> from my home planet, uh, Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware, specifically. Very nice. Uh, I love this band. Um, they were probably like my earliest emo love, I guess. Uh I don't remember like how I found them. I think it was like, did you have Audio Galaxy? Either of you? No. That was, was that? like a post Napster uh, file sharing thing, and um, I think I I might have got into like the Get Up Kids first or mm. after Promise Ring. One led to another, I think, for me, and I thought their name sounded cool. And then I checked them out, and I liked it. And then that led me down like the Jade Tree rabbit hole. And then I found all those bands. So they're kind of like yeah. pretty responsible for that. And I was like, oh, the Delaware connection is like meant for me in a way, like right. between the label and the song. This is a band that I somehow avoided until like college, which is crazy because I loved all like Saves the Day, Get Up Kids, all that Texas mm-hmm. is the Reason stuff when I was younger. Um, how about you? Did you you seem like you'd like the Promise Ring early? Yeah, on? no, I'm the same way. It, they didn't come to me until later. Um, I was also an only child, so I feel like finding a, things a lot of times, oh. like pre-internet, was also yeah. kind of hard. It's a little trickier. Yeah, it's a little trickier. I must. I think I was in like maybe my junior or senior year of high school when I listened to this band, but I still was. I mean, pretty late in terms of like these albums. Like I think yeah. I heard. Very emergency first. Actually, that's the more poppy, like commercial yeah. one. But I feel like this is like the album. This I is mean, like this is big like one, right? yeah, this, this is, is like the big one. The big one, yeah. Um, have the you guys? Al- I was just gonna say the album art is iconic for like, sure. From Ocean City, Maryland, uh, that place is still there too. I don't think it still has the ride sign though. The, the ride sign is still there. Oh, I it th- is. I have to go visit it every every summer. I have to go. Yeah. Pay homage <laughs> to the mecca. Yeah. <laughs> to the the nothing feels, feels good. good cover. Mecca. Bow down and like meditate for twenty yeah. minutes. Mm-hmm. And start floating. <laughs> Take notes about like what's changed, what's new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Picture all the discs floating in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you guys listened to Davey's other band, uh, Maritime? I have. I was really into them for like a little while, and then I just yeah. I haven't listened to them in forever at this point. They but also they do... played Johnny Brenda's once, which was oh cool. really? Yeah. They mm-hmm. did. They do that. Um, if you ever watch those uh, AV undercover 
cover song videos oh. they do the little intro that's that little intro that they play you're is right from one of their songs you're right i gotta dive down that uh rabbit hole again the the undercover series it's really good oh they're great i think the av club just filed for like i think all their writers uh like yeah there's tried like to a unionize. strike of some kind like, or something yeah like two weeks ago to the day if i had to guess oh wow uh no no it was literally <laughs> no yeah because it was today um <laughs> Yeah, I think all the writers, they were like, you can relocate to L.A. with no pay increase or you can take the severance. They were like, well, I'll take my severance. Bummer. <laughs> so the AV club is no mas, probably. Um, oh, man, bummer. Yeah. I was going to, I can't remember. A lot of members of this band came from another band, and now I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Well, um, a thing I learned that I didn't know was that Davey was in Captain Jazz yeah. for like a year. I didn't know that either. I had, I had no, no idea. He was on like the big tour that where they broke up and everything. I oh, think. really? Yeah. Damn. Which mm-hmm. I was going to ask when you saw Captain Jazz, the reunion, right? Did, yeah. Did you play, with, you play them? with them then? Um, I don't know. I don't remember. We actually, we drove all the way out to Chicago and for saw them Riot in Chicago. Fest? No, no, not for Riot Fest. When Captain Jazz reunited, I think before Riot Pl- Fest and played... Just oh, they their like the local show. Or yeah, or they played like yeah, the empty bottle or something, and mm-hmm. it was a great show. And then we came back and saw them in in Philly too. That's cool. That was really cool. That's Damn. awesome. I never saw Cam Jazz. I wasn't super into them until like way later, yeah. and, and even not super into them now. But they're yeah. cool. Yeah, Zia. What's your what's your history with like emo bands in general, or like favorite emo albums or whatever? I like. Well, yeah, well, we haven't asked this anybody this in a long time. Yeah, we well, guessed it a long time. always been sad. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. That's, so awesome. that's a good start. So, like, great prerequisite. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, maybe a similar path as you. Like, I love Saves the Day. I love here. Saves the Day, hands down, one of my favorite emo bands. Get Up Kids, one of my hands down favorite, you know, emo bands. Well, then the Promise Ring is perfect for, you know, like, right? that's just yeah. like, it's like they're like. It's a great progression. All right in there. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. It's like kind of going backwards. I feel like promise rings paved the way for so many of these bands <laughs> i went in reverse so yeah yeah um, well and it's like um uh another thing like me personally like i like pop punk a lot and i was like but what if it was sadder <laughs> <laughs> and a little slower at times well have i got the thing for you <laughs> well just you wait what if i could cry to it more at mm-hmm. 15 <laughs> um i read that there was a past member of the band named tim burton not related. Yeah, not related. Well, I was going to say that's some foreshadowing. The Tim Burton. Some foreshadowing with Winona for the movie. But, oh, yeah, um, true. Whoa. Yeah. He didn't last too long, though, right? Was he kicked? There were a lot of people kicked out. I didn't really? know that either. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I just saw Tim Burton and my eyes went. What? Um, that's really funny. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> we could live like Jack and Sally if we want to. <laughs> yeah, there were. Um, there we go again. There were a lot of things that I discovered about this band when I was doing research i didn't know about the big van accident either that was wild yeah, yeah. that was crazy Where like a member was in intensive care for a while mm-hmm. well and uh yeah so if you're not if you don't know what we're talking about uh i guess it was towards obviously it was in 1999 the van slipped on black ice and pretty much everybody got hurt in some way some more minor than others but mm-hmm. davy got thrown head first through the windshield he had some like br- head trauma he had head trauma do you know who they were on tour with he had a tumor <laughs> later on i forget i I did look this up. It was a previous band that we did recently, Hum. Oh, no Promise kidding. Ring and Hum mm-hmm. would be a wild tour. Be pretty cool. Um, they I, would, had, I would go to that. They had just come off a tour with Texas is the Reason, toured with Hum, flipped the van, and then for their Jimmy Eat World tour, one of the guys was still in the hospital, so they had to like recruit somebody else, They did, yeah. They recruited, 
his name is like Scott Shaneback or something. And I only know that because he references him that that guy by name in a song on their last album. They're pretty think, like, or maybe on Very Emergency actually, but I can't remember. Not not meta actually. They're not meta with their lyrics, but they're very um, like. Self-referential Kind of Yeah that, that band Everyone Everywhere Would famously wait Until the very end To record all their lyrics And just like write them all It mm. feels like they might Do the same With their like Little wordplay and Well and they have a lot jokes. Of literally Literary Blech. References Liter- Yeah Can I say that I love that band I love Everyone Everywhere We the also best. used to play With them all the time yeah. So I got to see them Constantly Yeah They rule Would you like to Shout out your band no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in this horrible pop punk band called Paramedic, and then, um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> we became a band called Bear Hug. I really wanted to name us Gorilla Monsoon. So Nobody good. liked that. Dang. Got shut down, so we became Bear Hug. But hey, you can't win them all, right? There. But yeah, everyone everywhere tolerated. Everyone everywhere, <laughs> Sprainerd and Paramedic was like that was the, the, show. the trifecta. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like I I can't speak to to. Uh, paramedic but I feel like those two bands had a pretty wide net of like bands they would play with yeah I feel like throughout the years I've seen them with a ton of different bands from like twinkly emo bands to pop punk bands to yeah what, I mean maybe that's about it but mm-hmm. you know <laughs> a lot of different genres that still can, covers a lot yeah. yeah oh shit sorry promise ring is an emo band dot 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 yeah it's the promise ring according to uh, is, is this, this band, band emo? emo.com great uh, did either of you go see them in any of the reunion shows at all? I've never seen them. No, I, I was reading that they played like Bamboozle at mm. Asbury Park in like 2012. And I was kind of wondering why I didn't try and go to that. Well, so in 2012, uh, that year Riot Fest East got canceled mm. and they played the church. And oh I, my God. And I went to that and it was fucking awesome. That's How did cool. I miss that? 2012? Uh, 2012. The year that the Mayans predicted the world would end. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. The Promise Ring played the church. They played with some band. I read this on like a punk news review of the show. They played with some band called the Bailey Hands. Huh. I don't remember there being an opener, but maybe I didn't get there on time or something. But maybe, they, um, maybe uh, <laughs> knowing you, probably. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe the promise ring opened very on time for shows. The promise uh, ring opened. The promise yeah. ring might have opened <laughs> yeah, for Bailey Hands. Right, for <laughs> Bailey Hands. Yeah. Give the promise rub. ring played like a ninety-minute set, but they played like pretty much every song you would want them to play yeah they would they could fit most of their songs in that time frame so and i feel like very emergency has a lot of notable songs too so like you know they they've got a pretty wide well to pull from deep cuts they put like make me a mixtape off that uh, electric pinky p and stuff like that it was awesome hell yeah hell yeah i was actually reading that the band views very emergency as their best album which I thought was kind of interesting. There are a lot of hits on that one. I think it has some of their though. best songs on. Yeah, I don't know if it's their best. But I wonder if that's one of the things. Like too, happiness is like, all the rage is really good. Yeah, and they had the success of this album to propel them to like be able to record another really good album. So maybe With they like had like better production, a lot of stuff. fun, more production, blah, more mm-hmm. time yeah. to write it and record it. They so. felt like more themselves or yeah. something. Yeah, and I think so much went wrong. Probably, I mean, this album was quote one of the most influential albums of emo apparently i would agree would not disagree yeah Yeah. totally. because it has like a lot of those more like pop sensibilities that like stuff that came before it like the midwest emo style stuff didn't really have like it was Mm -hmm. way catchier um Um, i was gonna say i also saw them at wrecking ball festival whatever year that was oh cool in atlanta Yeah. yeah 2018 maybe 17 they played outside though and it yeah. kind of sounded like shit Bummer. but it was still cool because it was the promised ring <laughs> yeah i i'd, I'd and they played way shorter they played like a half hour but still i would see them on a boat in a moat with a goat <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> can I can I come right out? I know we're not talking about the songs yet. But no, can, go for it. We can. We, we it's, it's can I throw this too. right in there and just say that um, this might be controversial, but I actually think the song "Nothing Feels Good" is the weakest song on the album. Whoa, that is controversial. It's the one I always Texas. skip. That's really? crazy. Yeah. I think it's one of the best songs. On the Agreed. Man, I can't get into this it. time around. There was like two songs I didn't love as much as I've liked them before which was a broken tenor and raspberry rush yeah didn't love those as much this listen through so broken tenor feels like that song they just like had pieces of it and went in and recorded it we're like we'll figure it out later and Mm -hmm. like there's like sleigh bells and shit of them like messing around (laughs) in the studio in the beginning and it just feels like they kind of like went in and didn't have it fully finished and were like, we'll worry about it later. And then they mm-hmm. still put it on the album. I don't know. It would make a good B-side, but. I do. F- I understand what you're saying about Nothing Feels Good, though, because it does have huh. a lot of like. Uh, oh, yeah. Coming to my side. Repeti- no, no, no. No, I mean, I still love it, but it has a lot <laughs> of like. There's He names like four or five different places in it and a lot of like repetition in the lyrics. But. I do love the line, I don't know Billy Ocean, I don't know the ocean floor. I don't know why. That's, that's like one of, they that's one of my favorite like, Promise Ring lyrics. They're like in rhyme uh, word scheme shit. He does like Eminem like inside rhymes or something. <laughs> yeah, Eminem. Oh, okay, well, while we're talking about this, mm-hmm. he's got a line where he says, and I don't know God. And he oh. also says, and he I'm says going I don't know anyone. And he that's says, I don't song. know anyone. And then he says, I'm, before that, I'm going to, I'm going to heaven's shoes. Oh, I'm you're wearing uh, something about uh, in my going to heaven shoes. I think that's like a way of saying like I'm wearing my nice shoes for something. Right. Like I'm wearing my church shoes or something. So, so, this that, brings, so that's why you don't like the song? No. Too religious. No, but, but this brings up what I was going to say to us earlier and I wanted to say for the podcast, which is, is the promise ring a religious band? A secret Christian band. Are they secret Christian? Because there's lots of references to, B is for to Bethlehem. Jesus and God on this album. Oh man, I got my look. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely make the argument, but and they are from Wisconsin. That's true. Yeah, Joey loves to bring that up. <laughs> and, they, and what's up with the Midwest anyway? Um, I mean, no, that's I will, interesting. I will say. Wait, where's the Bible Belt? Is that the Midwest? Indianapolis um, summer. <laughs> Here is the is. Bible Belt. The Bible Belt, I think, is Oklahoma. Hmm. I'm guessing. Oh, it's further south. Does it go up to Wisconsin? Maybe. Where's You're o- thinking the Rust Belt. Where's Orion's <laughs> Belt? <laughs> it's in. That's in the sky. Oh fuck. Oh. Are they from there? Yeah, I will say I'm not pushing for the Promise Ring to be a, a religious band, no, but I, I just was wondering if this is something I didn't know about this band I love. That like no one might know too, because they keep it under wraps if they are. I like the thesis statement. I would, yeah. I, I, and you've got some supporting evidence. I know. I've thought about this a long time because, like, <laughs> I love the "Be for Bethlehem" song, but sure. like, I have Jesus to say, was a fisherman. Whenever, and, okay. Not to steal your line because you said this to me earlier, but the band name. And the band name is The Promise Ring, mm-hmm. which is also like... Look at that. Look at this one right here. Saving themselves for God. Look yeah. That, one. <laughs> that one's got a cross on it. Is that gold? 50th anniversary? <laughs> yeah. the 50th. It's only 1999. <laughs> I, I will say this in f- fear that it might make me seem like a bad person, but when, when I was <laughs> I in high like school... I will like them less if they are. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in high school and I would find out that a band was like 
sneaky Christian, mm-hmm. I would immediately stop listening I would to that band. Rock that shit, in my headphones. <laughs> Joey was bragging about Purple Door again earlier. <laughs> Joey and his Purple Door. No one knows what that is unless you're from Delaware. They know. Uh, it was in PA. It was in like Lancaster or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, great. Well, that's my that's my bomb that I just had to drop. That's pretty I good. I like it, and it's kind of all I can think about now. I know. It really <laughs> puts it... It's like when I found out MXPX was Christian, I was yeah. like, crap ass. You, I heard it, you were like, we ain't got no place to go. Let's go to the punk rock show. I can get down with that. Oh, that means church. <laughs> uh, but um, we talked about this before, but like in, in the case with MXPX and even the promise ring, like these songs could be about a girl or they could about, be about Jesus. Yeah. Sure. yeah i hate that <laughs> hate that duality <laughs> of man you guys don't like ambiguity i guess huh you don't like I things don't... to be interpreted for one's self <laughs> are you saying that jesus is sexy in this song i yeah. don't understand Could i be. don't like it could when you be. say chick magnet what do you mean <laughs> when you say do 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 is that about god <laughs> um so yeah, so this is recorded with Jay Robbins of Government Issue, Jawbox, and played it in Scream. Mm-hmm. He produced albums for Clutch, Jets to Brazil, Jawbreaker, Hey Mercedes, Dismemberment Plan, Paint It Black, None More Black Against Me, Modern Life is Warmer by Death, Me Without You, Lemuria, The Sword, Coliseum, Small Brown Bike. Dang. The guy's got a, a catalog. He's got a real uh, repertoire. I Rep- loved Jets to Brazil. Jets to Brazil yeah. is better than Jawbreaker, I think, but that's just- All right, well, Yeah. Uh, I probably agree. Recorded in Memphis at uh, Easley McCain Recording Studios, uh, where Pavement, Sonic Youth, Towns Van Zandt, Jeff Buckley, and the White Stripes have recorded. Okay. So they've got, yeah, they're they're using some- Going to Wichita! This podcast going to be so long. I'm so sorry. No, that's I'm okay. going to Wichita. We've got a lot to say. A seven-nation army couldn't hold me back. That was a really good impression. Thanks, man. I've been working on it. Um, and surprisingly, that was my Meg White impression. Oh. They cut her track. We should mm. play another song. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> a lot of these songs kind of like, I've listened to them together so much that I, I have a hard time distinguishing them. Are I there, agree. Are there me any too. you'd like to listen to in particular? What about like... Um, I wrote that I really liked the song Pink Chimneys. Pink Chimneys. Great drum sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, I have a note. At the 120 mark in the second verse, the harmonies come in in a really weird way, <laughs> and it threw me off. I didn't know what was happening. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. It sounds like another instrument, but it's just people going, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, the bass on this album is so, so good. good. There's Straight so up. much good bass in this. How many people play that? Is it a four piece? Four piece, two guitar, one bass, one drum. Davey's a lefty. Whoa. Okay, I'm out. Also, I was watching. <laughs> Can't do anything right. I was watching a video of them playing the church in '99. Yo, same. And my dude is bald. <laughs> <laughs> um, this man's poor hairline is rough. That video. I feel bad for him. The they play uh, Raspberry Russian Forget Me in that video, mm-hmm. and they crush it. Honestly, yeah. I think Forget Me is one of my favorites. I think Forget Me and uh, Perfect Lines are my favorites. That's the one that has. So <laughs> Forget Me has. Uh, all trees are oaks. This all is birds all. The, are blue. This is all the writers it references. Uh, Dylan Thomas, Marcel Prouse, T. S. Eliot, and Sylvia Plath three different times. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> What about That's a lot. Marcel the Shell? He's like getting, yeah, Marcel the Shell. Uh, <laughs> he's like 
jocking all the lyrics from like everybody into one song. That's what I'm saying. I feel but like it he, is one of the best songs. I feel like he kind of like waits and procrastinates on the lyrics and then just spews them out. And it's like, all yeah. right, cool. Here's what we got. Yeah. Well, that wasn't one of the um, criticisms I think of this album. Like this, this album has amazing reviews and everybody really loved it. But mm-hmm. people did call out the fact that he does repeat things. He repeats lyrics too much. Yeah. In that one song that we said sounded weird broken tenor he repeats that uh he repeats the one line that he says another song. fuck I, um, I i wish i took a note of it he, but he he no yeah he references lyrics from two other songs in that one i saw right it's like he didn't have enough content were, but yeah totally yeah. but i i think it's just more of like a callback than it is like a that's true not knowing what else to say uh on i went back to the old well song meanings.net <laughs> there's like so many comments from like 15 years ago on there but like every song people are just like these lyrics don't make any sense. Like no one is but dissecting them on there. They're just like, I just don't get it. It's like all the wordplay. It just doesn't make. Uh, what if he's not talking about anything? Then who cares? <laughs> yeah, and, and get a life. There's he's so, talking about Jesus. Yeah, that's, yes, thank that's you, why no one can figure it out. Yeah, I think I would argue that these lyrics are more memorable because they are kind of like non sequitur, <laughs> gobbledygook. Yeah, yeah but like way, I remember the lyrics to like the imagery and stuff for these songs they stick more out. than most. Yeah. yeah, they're like yeah. I mean, they're definitely like. You know, a little, you got to think about it more, I guess, yeah. or don't, and it doesn't matter. But yeah, I did have that moment earlier when I was thinking about red and blue jeans, mm-hmm. and I just was like, I don't know what, like, what these the fuck is lyrics he trying to say? mean. Yeah. <laughs> There's a video of them playing red and blue jeans at the Fireside Bowl in '98, and three quarters of the video is stage bands. This is like the era where people <laughs> love stage oh, bands. Yeah. Dude. Email bands were so funny. Oh, yeah. Um, they talk a lot in that '99 church video as well. Yeah. I guess their songs are short. They got to fill that time. I Still guess. getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. That was like every Captain Jazz song, just like incohesive rambling. Yeah. You know, <laughs> very, lots of very banter. Very Tim Kinsella. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the reviews thing. Punk News gave it a five out of five. Pitchfork gave it an 8.6 out of 10. Nice. And it's 35 minutes long. Perfect length. Perfect length. Perfect length. <laughs> that's, that's me saying perfect lines. Um, I like the song uh, Make Me a Chevy. That's a good one. They have a video for. Do they have a video? They have a video for. No, why did ever? Yeah. Sorry. Why do we? Those French fries are making. Why did burp. ever we meet? Why did ever we meet? I'm putting on "Make Me a Chevy" real quick. He drives an old Chevy in that video. Old Chevy. <laughs> this song's cool. Very simple, like riff in the beginning, and then almost like piss jeans, boring girls. Just like the one verse is just one chord. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a good one. He also has a lisp. Yeah, he does. You notice it a lot more when he like speaks too. Yeah, he calls. He says Davy. He calls himself out a lot. He does in the songs and in, and on other albums he's done that too. Because he's just making this shit up, guys. He's yeah. just is this freestyle rap? <laughs> um, Yo, my name is Davy, and I'm here to say no, I no, love no. Jesus in a major way. <laughs> Um, you know what we haven't talked about is this thing on either I think it's a great song to start the album oh it, re- it gets it just, me pumped it every just time. comes in it just hits the ground running yeah it's hello so Delaware television Delaware are you aware the most repetitious song on the album but it's <laughs> just, so good just going see, someone we, even goes 
see we were talking about that too because like i never really knew where this band was from mm-hmm. because of the jade tree connection too I, think I thought they were from delaware for the longest time i thought they were from delaware yeah. too well they put ocean city maryland on the cover yep they're they're assigned with jade tree at this yep. time uh i don't want to be rude Actually, but i, think I, all I knew they were from the mid <laughs> <laughs> i always knew all their albums came out on jade tree i'm pretty sure i assumed they're from like chicago though like they seem like yeah, more of a Chicago they seem like band. a Chicago band. The only other Milwaukee bands I know are like Since by Man and Get Rad. That like, yeah, they're <laughs> Get like. Rad. What about um, uh, Bat Dog? Aren't they from Milwaukee? Uh, they could be. Let's look at Wisconsin bands in general. Uh, the Why Did Ever We Meet video that you brought up earlier is pretty Bonnie cool. Bonnie Vare is from Wisconsin. Oh, he's from Eau Claire. Oh, the anniversary. Aren't they? They're from oh, Milwaukee. They? I think they're from um, Omaha. Oh, they are from Omaha. Omaha. Oh, you're right. I'm <laughs> totally right. And they have that song about uh, and that meeting dog's in from Des Moines. Los- <laughs> <laughs> that dog's from Los Angeles. Oh, I don't nice. know what I'm Damn talking it. about. Good. I don't, I hey, just, Mercedes is from Milwaukee, but don't they have a member or two from this band? Hey, Mercedes is they shared might. with Braid, and they're from Chicago. Bob Nana. Okay. Um, Bob Nana, La- the Dr. Dan of Chicago. Mast Intruder <laughs> is from Wisconsin. Laverne and Shirley are from oh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Shlemiel Schlamazel, Hasen Pep Incorporated. I was just there, and I visited her statue. <laughs> okay, we're called, getting off topic. Did you topic. put a glove on it? Some band called <laughs> Sexy Esther and the Pretty Mama okay. Sisters. <laughs> no, you're, you're, let's turn off Joey's phone. <laughs> Some band called Streets and Young Deuces. <laughs> so the Why Did Ever We Meet video. Uh, <laughs> oh, Violent Femmes. There you go. There you go. Blistering in the sun as we speak. Um, the Why Did Ever We Meet video reminds me of like Through Being Cool, where it's all like very mm-hmm. primary color studio lighting, and then it cuts to like It just looks like they're all a having Chevy. a good time. But then there's someone like riding BMX looking like Crew Jones and someone uh-huh. rollerblading. It's it's all I think over it's the just place. like bud f- friends of theirs. Yeah, good. Vibes. I like I do like the scenes in that video where they're playing in the house and just like sitting on the couch. Yeah. Like playing guitar and like sitting in a rocking chair playing guitar. Yeah. It's that's pretty the, fun. That's the stuff that kind of reminded me that and like the pool scene reminded me of the through being cool yeah. cover. This is a good song though. I like bop, 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 bop. I'm skip ahead. Yeah. Bopping, just bopping around. Um, I'm almost done with my notes, but how nothing feels sounds like it's being played through a Victrola. Isn't that the uh, instrumental song? It is. What's what's a Victrola? Like an old record player that you put in your ear to hear better. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Can't stop thinking. Mike, Mike demonstrated when he described that. <laughs> I pulled one out of my pocket. <laughs> um, Did anybody come up with any Weird Al song titles? Or Zia, do you have any other no, I, things you'd like to address? I I don't. I only have one more note that said that I always. Um, the, do you guys remember the Jazz June? Yeah, they always reminded me a lot of the Promise Ring. I didn't really totally. listen to them until I met you, but yeah, that record, that record rips. That one with the black cover with the little square boxes and different colors or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> they like I feel like they were almost a little more like precursor to noodly emo, like mm-hmm. twinkly where stuff they, a little bit. Where are little they bit from? Too. Are they from Milwaukee? They're from around here somewhere. Yeah, no. they're local. Jersey? Sure. I think they're Westchester. That could be. Really? You like oh, went f- to a fugue state on that one your eyes closed and your head tilted <laughs> up and you went like Westchester. Oh, no, they're from Kutztown. Oh, Kutztown. There you go. I, I, that's I've saw them in Kutztown once actually. Rolling Stone put them at number thirty three on the forty greatest emo albums of all time. They're great. Not just revival, straight on just emo albums of all time. Just emo, dude. Cool. Um, also, blowing through my notes, I also had that um, at this time when this album came out, 
OK Computer was just released. Ooh. And Boys oh. to Men Evolution was at the top of the charts. <laughs> Holy hell. Three polar opposite ends yeah. of the planet. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's what was all happening at this time period in 1997. That's a wild one for mm-hmm. sure. Back to Rolling Stone, Nothing Feels Good falls in at number three on the best 40 or the 40 Ooh. best email albums of all time. If number one is like my chemical romance, I'll be a little pissed. No, number one is a record we've talked about before and it's uh, Di- diary by sunny day real estate. Right. Yeah. yeah. Number two is rights of spring. Cool. Rights of spring. Number three is nothing feels good. I can get that. One, then dear you. And then to round out the top five frame and canvas by braid kind of a curveball. Nice. for Rolling I always Sun, liked I that like. album. Yeah, it's pretty good. I just saw Jawbreaker is going to be touring on dear you. Gonna be doing the twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Playing they got some um, kind of cool openers on some of the dates. They too. got the Linda Lindas, I think that I band that, that went one. popular for uh, that song called like "Sexist Racist Boy" or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the kids? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's. I'm pretty. Joey sure doesn't like kids singing. I hate when kids <laughs> sing. They shouldn't do that. <laughs> Not exactly kids, but <laughs> <laughs> they're children. <laughs> um, did you guys do any Weird Al titles? I have one. Let's hear it. Uh, like B is for Bethlehem, M is for Marzipan, and the sh- song's about the Great British Bake Off. Oh, fuck oh. yeah. I still haven't gotten past the Mary Berry episodes. I've only watched two seasons, but... Dude. Whoa. She's, she's a bozo. <laughs> oh, my God. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking I'm about. Gonna, this is me <laughs> storming off the podcast on episode 50. Shots fired. <laughs> How about you, Zia? Do you have any Weird Al titles? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> Mike has two, probably. I do have two. Yeah, you got one for me? <laughs> yeah, you can have... Um, Make me a Chevy is break me a levy. Great, that's it's, pretty good. It's about New Orleans, unfortunately. Oh no, I don't want that one. <laughs> what what other levies do you know? Eugene. <laughs> hey, okay. that's pretty good. Um, mine was instead. Of well, it could be make me a levy, and it's when he uh, has his, when his son is born, <laughs> or when they make Great. him. It could be about nine mm-hmm. months before Dan's mm-hmm. born. Yeah. Um, a broken tenor. I just said a chicken tenor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna okay. lie. I don't. I don't understand how the Weird Al game works. It's so. just if Weird Al made a like made a parody song about a song from this album, what would it be called? Great. Okay, guys, I think before we go any further, it's a good time for us to shout out our sponsor of the podcast, Chris Reject at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, yes. xlvacx.com. For all your screen printing needs, please just talk to Chris directly. He would love that. <laughs> I'll be giving out his personal cell phone number at the end of this podcast. <laughs> but otherwise, go to the website. <laughs> 
that's what we pay our guests to do the the, the dirty work. <laughs> the ad read. Uh, yeah, thank and thank you to well, yeah, thanks, Chris, and thanks to Cinepunks dot com, uh, mm-hmm. Liam and Josh for putting up with us and for um, allowing us to not pull our weight for the last few years. Uh, because God <laughs> knows we're pulling it now. <laughs> uh, one thing I forgot to mention about the promise ring is that maybe twelve years ago, we'll, we'll say. The lead singer of the band My Heart to Joy, a Connecticut emo band, okay, uh, started a side project called Perfect Lines, and I'm pretty sure it was hmm. a reference to this band. Got to be. I always thought that was a really good band name. And Perfect Lines, yeah, that's not that's bad. all I got. Cool. That's pretty good. Yeah. Have you guys been watching any good movies or shows or anything lately? How about you, Zia? Joey's currently mid yawn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, I um, my brain doesn't have the capacity to handle any movies right now. Fair. Um, I did so I've been watching a lot of of bullshit honestly <laughs> like I've been watching a lot watching of watching a lot of bullshit Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> bullshit I've been watching a lot of ER I've been watching um <laughs> Clo- like the Clooney years <laughs> ER is on Hulu and I was like eh, let's give it a try that's cool Omar Epps on that show maybe is he maybe not yet okay he may spoiler alert he spoiler. may come <laughs> well <laughs> great may start working at the hospital at some point um i did watch a movie on netflix that i've seen previously that's called bathtubs over broadway do you guys oh, know about this it's right? a documentary mm-hmm. it's a documentary um long story short it's a documentary this guy who's a writer for david letterman he found all these albums at, at record stores um that are all industrial musicals so they're all musicals that have been designed for like corporate entertainment and sales meetings. Yeah. It's really good. It's like Bath worth a watch. Bathtubs over Broadway. It's I haven't Bath watched tubs it yet, over but you Broadway. told me about it, and it sounds crazy. Yeah, bombs over Baghdad. <laughs> bombs over Baghdad. <laughs> I have to check that. Is it? It's still on Netflix. You think? Yeah, I think they okay. just put it back. I saw it a while I think, ago. Uh, yeah, it popped back up for me recently. And they put it too. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like I mean, it's really an, it's really entertaining. But it's all these jingles for like General Electric that people <laughs> turned into like musicals, That's and it's like crazy. It's really good. It's just like all corporate entertainment, and then they took all these these songs and like these fake musicals and pressed them onto vinyl records. That's so cool. There's all I mean, these collectors. That'd be a cool thing to own a few of those. Yeah. 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 I'm not saying the things I do in my free time are like worthwhile, but that one seems <laughs> crazy. Yeah. This is like right up your alley. You have to watch it. It's great. I love it. So yeah, that's about it. ER and bathtubs <laughs> over Broadway. Perfect. <laughs> what about you, Joey? Uh, and we just finished season 37 of Survivor. Boy, did, was it a wild ride. Did Coach uh, win? No, Coach isn't on that one. We hate Coach also. Really? Uh, He's a dragon slayer, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, why did we watch Blues Brothers? We watched Blues Brothers. We watched Blues Brothers because there was a Mummers group this oh, year at the parade yeah. that was did a Blues Brothers theme. And they That's crushed cool. it. It was, it was so, so good. good. So I've never seen Blues Brothers, but I never had either. The context I have of Blues Brothers is a kid that was in my first grade class had maybe watched the Blues Brothers or his parents had made him watch it. And he would tell, is there like a cop car joke where they're like, hey, man, this isn't a cop car. And then like they do a crazy stunt jump and land it and they go, whoa, nice cop car. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He yeah. would do that, but with no context. It was just like, dude, what are you doing right now? That's such like a weird t- joke to take away from it, too. That's he, not even like it's a. You need a. It's a. Uh, it's a deep know. cut. Is he a prop comic? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Blues Brothers is great. It's just 
a way too long. Yeah, it's like way too two long. and a half hours long for a comedy from the eighties, dude. That yeah. is so long. It well, it might be two fifteen, but still, <laughs> still it, too long. It drags. <laughs> it feels at, like it's about three fifty. <laughs> yeah, it oh. does. But it's great. Um, I watched Blood Simple for the first time. Uh, I like that. It was pretty gritty. You got to stop mentioning the Coen. I got. You got to stop. I'm just gonna not bring up the Coen Brothers in front of Mike anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm a big Coen Brothers fan. That's. Yeah. I think everybody is, and I. I get it. What about the Farleys? Do you like the Farley brothers? I like Chris Farley, <laughs> Frank Farley. <laughs> uh, still working on my Lost rewatch. I'm in season two, and we watched Jungle Cruise. We did watch Jungle Cruise. Was Jungle Cruise any good? Uh, it eh. was pretty like brainless fun. I mean, I mean the it's Rock. Not, it's not good, but it's like we watched it and we're like <laughs> making fun of it and stuff. It was cool for that. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you in Lost season two? Uh, I'm at Michael has he locked uh lock <laughs> and Jack in the guns room so he can go look for Walt. So Damn. they're in the hatch. Sawyer, uh, the 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 second group has showed up with like Mr. Echo and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mr. Echo is so good. He's Yemi, his brother Yemi. Yeah, they're doing um, a lot of the Yemi flashback in the last episode I watched. I think the opening scene to season two of Lost is one of the biggest like, what the fuck? Is this the oh, same Des- show scene? Riding his exercise bike to make your own kind of music by Mama so Cass. So good. So mm-hmm. memorable. Yeah. Love that show. It's uh, a about, great what show. What have you been watching, Mike? Um, have you guys ever heard of the director Greg Araki? A-R-A-K-I? No. Mm-mm. He directed Mysterious Skin with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so I watched that. That was pretty dark. But he had directed this other movie from the 90s, like 97, I want to say, called Nowhere, and it was bonkers. Mm. It's free on YouTube. Oh, you Check told me it about out. this. I yeah. sent you the link, and apparently you didn't watch it. But nope. <laughs> uh, it feels like, to me, like a Brett Easton Ellis movie, uh, but like turned up with like MTV like neon puke added to it. Yeah, it, was, the, it was so the poster's awesome. poster's very 90s. It's so wow. good, dude. It rocked. Really good cast, too. Cool. Um, it's like the train spotting poster. It kind of does. It has a little bit of that vibe. Yeah. Without the British vibe, um, if that makes sense. Um, I also watched a couple Joe Swanberg movies that I hadn't been able to find because mm. to watch the one Greg Araki movie, I had to like get a, an Amazon free trial for something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they had Nights and Weekends and LOL that were like Joe Swanberg early. Uh, I haven't seen the early movies. any of the early stuff. It's like it's got Greta Gerwig in it. Like the one of them starts off with like a, a shot of uh, Greta Gerwig and Joe Swanberg getting naked and like making out. And you see his like hard dick. It was really, <laughs> really <laughs> jarring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't even really recommend either of those movies necessarily. I love some of his movies. Um, within a week span, I saw him on a train in Philly and her pre-Lady Bird walking around New York City once. So cool. you, know, wow. you could say that I was a part of their... Before they were big. Yeah, uh, He's directed some movie called Uncle Kent 2. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. The <laughs> tagline is, nobody saw the first one, so he's back for a second. Is that a recent movie that he's directed? It's from or? 2015. Oh. So Uncle Kent was on, I think it was IFC was the channel that I got for free. I think you can oh, watch so Uncle Kent. Oh, so it's Kent's like a movie based on that. I don't even know I what guess. Uncle Kent is. I thought it was just like some weird uncle movie. <laughs> it's like Uncle Buck, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I finally watched Rain Man. And I just want to say that the dad's name, Sanford Babbitt, is one of the best dad <laughs> names I've names. ever heard. <laughs> Sanford Babbitt. Sounds like a Longmont Pushing Castle bit. Yeah. Uh, you have the new bracket from Sanford Babbitt. <laughs> it goes double check, triple double check. We're getting a little out of order, so let's hop back a little bit and play a little game called Wine or Cheese. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Hold up. <laughs> this is the game where we try to throw stuff at each other <laughs> and guess 
stuff. Quotes. Try to find out if it's from the movie or the album. I almost said the movie or the show. That could be. Um, I've got a couple. How many you got? Zia, you have to. You have to. I know you probably don't have any. I actually wrote two. Oh shit! I don't think they're great, but I wrote this two. one. We all know the lyrics to every song on the album. Well, this is pretty hard because pretty I hard. have no idea what he's saying in the Promise Ring at all. Right. Yeah. And the, the the quotes from the movie are so ridiculous, but yeah, they're uh, on each. I'll, I'll go first. Here's a here's a layup. No, it's, I'll go first. Okay, fine. Ba 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 da ba 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 da ba da. Not finished. Do 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 do. I, I think that's from the the album. Yeah, yeah same. You, you Did I get it? You yeah. got me. Okay. All right, mine's a, my first one's an easy one too. Actually, you know what? No, it's not. I'm gonna save that one. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of my genius, just like a painter. That's from the movie. That's from the movie. No, it's from Forget Me Fuck. by The Promise Ring. I He's meant good. by the Boom. movie. I meant the song. <laughs> the, the song is quite cinematic. Have you thought about that, Joey? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> do you have any Zia? I this do. This is hard. This is hard. This one's hard. Um. Okay, I don't feel good, but I don't feel bad. I'm gonna guess that's. Promise ring? I'm going to say the same thing. Oh my God, it's from the movie. Dude, Dude that's a good one. That's that a was really a really good, good one. But yeah. that was also a really vague quote. That's the, yeah, that, I mean, that's what we try to do though. I yeah. couldn't find okay. it. Okay. But like specifically, you know what that's from? That's a lyric from his song in Hey, That's My Bike. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. good. That's um, really good. He also says, I'm the ultra modern version of the American man. Oh, that we would have guessed that. Yeah. One. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I could hear that too, like a melody. <laughs> How about I? I don't have any more good ones. Um, I don't own any albums. I don't know anything. That's the promise, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. Um, why are you still surprised by a quart of gin and a quarter scotch? I don't know. I also don't know. I'm gonna guess the movie. No, that's from the movie. Yeah, when they're sitting around. It's from a broken tenor by the Promise Ring. Oh, I sp- I've gotten. I'm two for two. Man, How I don't have any left. That's all I. Mr. Got. Brady died of AIDS. <laughs> that's the movie. That's the movie. <laughs> my my last one. I'm bursting with fruit flavor. Okay, that's the movie. That's Raspberry Rush, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to a movie with some great cameos. Um, again. Jersey Films and Universal Pictures, 1994, American romantic comedy drama film. Mm, have drama you guys, film. Had you guys seen this movie before? I have. I mm-hmm. had not. How yeah, about you? I have. I had tried to watch it several times uh, over the past couple of years because it seems like something I'd like. And I finally got through it this past summer. And then I honestly didn't rewatch it for this episode. I skimmed oh, through sick. it again. <laughs> I mean, I watched it fairly recently. I think I remember it pretty well. So why didn't you get through it in past viewings? Because you like it now, right? Mm, maybe. Oh, okay. I thought you were like a big reality. You Bites gave it fan. a four out of no. five on Letterboxd. <laughs> Which I mean, I, don't I wanna... regret now looking at that. It's <laughs> we not don't want to blow up your letterbox. Yeah, but... Yes, you should. When we went to watch this. I was like, Mike really likes this. I looked at that when you said that we were doing this pairing again. And I was like, that's a crazy <laughs> that's rating. <false. laughs> 
Uh, I think the first 10 minutes of the movie, the reason why I couldn't get through it the first couple of times, where it's them on a rooftop after graduating or whatever, oh, just being it's like, like that choppy, so annoying. They're being so yeah. pretentious. Yeah, I hate that shit. So when we when we were watching the movie, it was like incredibly hard to yeah. get through. I think because it's just like hard to digest. Yeah. But when I first saw this movie, I liked it. Like yeah. obviously, when I was like younger and in that college, and I was like, I can relate to this so much. Right. But it almost feels like a big chill or something like that. Like, or like, um, have you guys seen the original Kicking and Screaming? Mm-mm. No. It feels the like Will that Ferrell kind of movie. soccer one. <laughs> no, no, the other one. <laughs> Is that him? Is that what that movie's called? That's the second. That's the one for like two thousand something. <laughs> but there's another one. Like, it's like post grad find yourself what am i going to do with my life kind of movie but so. like this this is the worst not worst but worst version of yeah of that that makes sense so i will say this movie has what i call the my so-called life effect which is like at the time i could relate so much to all of like the young people but when i am an adult watching back on this like i don't relate to the protagonists yeah. at all yeah i'm yeah. too far i'm too nor, sh- nor should you yeah <laughs> They, everyone in this movie pretty much sucks. Well, except Janine Garofalo. Except Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo is she's like, like the highlight of the movie. Straight up. Yeah, she's And she awesome. got fired from the movie. Apparently Ben Stiller fired her because she wasn't taking it seriously. And she was like... She wasn't. She didn't want to uh, rehearse. <laughs> she was like, I don't like working. Yeah. You know rocks. what? She's also like a total babe in this movie. Like Straight her up. whole outfit, like the hair, the glasses, like the vintage dresses. Like she looks awesome. Yeah, she looks yeah. great. She looks really cool. And well... Yeah. Steve Zahn is great too. We we kept mentioning this when we were watching it. We were like, if it was about these two, that'd be awesome. Yeah. If it was about Janine Garofalo yeah. and Steve Zahn. Well, he's great. like a genuinely funny guy, whereas like he Ethan doesn't Hawk, get much opportunity to be funny. Yeah. But like their stories are so much more interesting. Like him right. coming out to his parents and her like with her AIDS scare, but mm-hmm. being like sexually active. But like owning up to it and being like, yeah, fuck you. I do what I want. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that too because she doesn't get she doesn't get slut shamed at all like it's yeah, just who she totally. is and also they focus on like a woman going through an aid scare which is not something you typically see in movies it's mm-hmm. usually like a gay man or right. like a person of color male as sure. well so mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting from that perspective yeah no i totally get it um and then she works at the gap Mm-hmm. But she's really oh, proud yeah. she's of like, it, though. She's, she's really like proud of it. She's yeah. like, I'm fucking rocking this. And it's it's a dumb job, but I'm good at it. And yeah. Dick, dickhead Winona Ryder's like, I'm not gonna work at the Gap. She's like, whatever. It's a it's beneath you. That's fine. Whatever. I like my job. Mm-hmm. I hate Ethan Hawke in this movie. I hate Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke. In this he movie. looks like shit compared to Gattaca, also. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. But uh, and everything that he says but like this kind of applies to everybody it's just so like fucking like waxing poetic all the time mm-hmm. and he speaks in like uh what is cool. this zia said this the other day uh he just speaks in like pop culture references yeah. all the time this whole movie is a pop culture reference it's the whole unbearable. thing is so like that's another reason i think i kind of don't like it is like it doesn't feel very genuine. Like I know Ben Stiller, it's his like first directing, blah blah blah. Yeah, and it like, feels very forced. It just I don't know. Everything felt like it was made for like MTV or something. Well, yeah, and especially with the fake MTV that's in the movie too. Yeah, but it feels still too like on the head. Okay, so I read something that this is supposed to be like the Gen X movie. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen the movie Singles that came out in '92? I've never seen it, but it's it's referenced a lot, like in all the write-ups yeah. of this yeah. movie. That's a movie that I think is criminally underrated, and I think that it does that better. Well, from what I read, that's the reason that not performing well is the reason this movie had to be kind of like flipped on its head a little bit. It couldn't quite be that whole like 
grunge movement. Like that was that movie was like Seattle grunge, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This was a little more like I don't know, a little different angle. The at other it. side of yeah. it or something. You know what I couldn't figure out though? Like, is this movie supposed to be favorable to Gen X? Like, is this supposed to be like know. a love letter to Gen X? It doesn't portray them in a great light, but no, it, you don't really get an opportunity to because it was made in the throes of Gen X. It's not like looking back now. No, like, you know, true. You can now re- it's nostalgic. Exactly. It's not. Exactly. Yeah. At yeah, the time, not, it was not. Yeah, it's not look. It's not like from you know hindsight or whatever. Yeah. And like the whole, so the whole point of this movie is like really at a core, it's about the Gen X concept of are you going to sell out mm-hmm. or are you going to remain true. Mm-hmm. to be not a sellout basically right. um and actually i was saying this to joey how it's funny how the whole movie is about that right mm-hmm. and in the end she ends up spoiler alert with ethan hawk which represents not selling out yep <laughs> um but i wrote that that's all a farce because gen x all ends up selling out anyway in yeah, the long run exactly <laughs> yeah so she did she did the anti-gen x thing by trying to not sell out yeah <laughs> uh-huh and but they do in the long did. run so Gen X in this movie is actually Ginny Garofalo. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. You, yeah, totally. Um, this movie has like every song in the world in it. The, yeah. song, the, the music drops change like every three seconds. Yeah. Some oh. of the bands, uh, The Knack, The Posies, U2, Dinosaur Jr., Squeeze, Crowded House, Lenny Kravitz, New Order, Juliana Hatfield, and friend of Ethan Hawke, Lisa Loeb. Oh, dude. The fact about that song. Did you read this? It was supposed to be a Lemonhead song in the end credits, and then um, it former band covered on the show, and uh, <laughs> they like couldn't get the rights or something like that, and then they just plopped Lisa Loeb instead, and that song blew up. Yeah, because I guess uh, Ethan Hawke was like friends with her. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, sure, you can use her song. And then Evan Dando from Lemonheads <laughs> is in the post credits scene. That scene's so weird. He's so weird. It doesn't need to be there, and he's not a good actor, but it was cool that he was in it. Who are the other cameos? Andy Dick, David Spade. Andy Dick has a Garfield phone. Oh, I forgot about David Spade. Yeah. He's too. like a Wiener, briefly at the Wiener yeah. Schnitzel. Yeah. Yep. Andy Dick playing a creep. Playing a total creep. <laughs> Typical. Produced yep. by Danny DeVito. I did oh, see that. I saw uh-huh. that in the opening That's credits. a fun one. Um, another cameo by uh, the production company who did Jurassic Park. <laughs> did, <laughs> did this. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's, I wrote this down, but it, it's more of a visual thing. I the the scene that really cracked me up. This makes this it doesn't even make sense, but is during the what's the show that she works for the talk show thing oh yeah where she gets or whatever what's his name i don't forget forget his name the old guy like daytime talk show thing there's a part where an old man in the audience stands up and claps and it was like (laughs) my favorite shit i'm just gonna demonstrate it for you two only Uh, he stands up and he puts his arms out really wide and he claps like this Joey is standing up and he has his arms out like he's holding like a giant exercise ball. <laughs> and my butt is sticking out. It's so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> that rocks. And then when uh, Ben Stiller says to uh, Troy, Ethan Hawke's character, he goes, what's your glitch, huh? <laughs> That's Dude. a classic line. Every time Ethan Hawke and uh, Ben Stiller interact in this movie, it's so like, it's get, a, get a life dickhead. It's so cringy. But Ben Stiller uh, is kind of convincing as like a bumbling over his own words, like yuppie guy. Because yeah, he, uh, he's he, like, he, it's almost as if he has no lines in this movie and he's like trying to figure out the dialogue. 
as much as you're supposed to dislike him, he's like a good guy in the movie. He doesn't really do yeah, anything yeah, wrong. Yeah, when like, I was watching it, I was like, she should just be with him. <laughs> I get that he like compromised her vision, but she gave him permission to do so, kind of. And like, yeah. and I don't know, that's like the thing that he does wrong, I guess. But like, all of the like, well, there is like an IQ limit, dude. There's no secret handshake, but you have to at least have like an IQ. It's like, bro, <laughs> get a life. You're yeah. so stupid. I don't know. It's so annoying. Brutal, yeah. I know. This is like this is like Ben Stiller at Ben Stiller's like eventual finest of like the bumbling awkward guy. This yeah. is like where he crafted it almost. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He really found the trial his, run. Found his bumbling voice. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did write down that like I didn't hate his character. Like he is supposed to be the yuppie, right? Like we're not supposed to like him. We're You're not, not supposed to. But he's to like want. the most likable one. He does nothing wrong. No, yeah. he doesn't. And then he comes back and he apologizes. You know, like yeah, it's just kind of like we all have different upbringings, man. He yeah. thinks that what she needs is like financial security and like yeah, they he wants to pay her for her artwork. Like, they have yeah. like one last ditch effort to make him seem shitty. It's like when he's apologizing, he's like. I'll just tell I'll tell him to uh, change that part in the intro. Like yeah. he just throws like this one little it. line out yeah. there to be like, you don't get it. That's not the only thing that's wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but that's the only thing that he does wrong is not if he didn't have it. that sentence, he would just be like a total good guy, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I thought that she was going to end up with him. Honestly, at the end, I I guess maybe I misunderstood where the movie was going. Yeah, but. totally. I uh, will. I I don't know. Because, well, okay. So here's something that's interesting that I didn't pick up on. At the end of the movie, when she is like rushing to leave the house to go find Troy, she comes out and she's wearing an outfit from The Gap. Oh, I didn't know this. So well, yeah, they, they both get, like, like dressed when he up comes back end. in the suit from his dad's yeah. funeral. Mm-hmm. So okay. like, so like, there must have been a scene with her character that got cut. Oh, where like they fix her character and she goes and gets a job, Maybe. right? And she goes and gets this job at the Gap because yeah. she's clearly in the same outfit as Janine Garofalo. Oh, so she's True. in the uniform. She's in the uniform. Oh, I thought you meant like clothes. Oh, no, no, she's okay. in the work uniform. Oh, That's well, I think they. I, there is a part where Janine Garofalo is like, I could get you a job. And she's like, no. At $5 so, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minimum wage hasn't gone up much since then. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, are you guys cool if I do a little like data drop on Winona Ryder? Oh, please. Yes. I went I went deep and, and her background is super interesting. She was born in Winona, Minnesota. So she's named for the town. Her middle name is Laura after Aldous Huxley's wife. Her godfather is Timothy Leary, one of the godfathers of like LSD in America. Her mother's side of the family was mostly murdered in the Holocaust. They're Buddhist, her mother side Whoa. of the family. She's an author, video producer, and editor. Her dad is an atheist, video publisher, sorry, video editor, publisher, and bookseller. Her brother is named after the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin. Okay. Her parents were friends with Philip K. Dick, Allen Ginsberg, and Timothy Leary. Wow. When she was seven, they moved to a community in Northern California where they lived on a remote 300 plot acre of land, 300 acre plot of land with no electricity. So she just read The Catcher in the Rye like over and over and over. Like crazy background. Um, wow. And then during this movie, she was dating the dude from Soul Asylum who like makes his way into some of the footage. No wow. She, no wonder she stole clothes or whatever she did. <laughs> so she's quirky. She's not. Yeah. Not, she's a real quirky girl. Didn't she stole no. clothes. She did. Yeah. Free Winona. I was in. I went to Disney World around that time, and all of the jokes on stage were like, I guess they get to like improv a little bit. All the jokes were about Winona Ryder being a shoplifter, and I didn't know anything about it. So I was just like, "What are they?" Like, talking I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys funny. like that song uh, "Winona" by the Drop Nineteens? Oh yeah, that's a good song. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Is it about her? 
I would assume so. Mm. Could be about the town, I guess. Um, she fought to get Ethan Hawke in this movie. Yeah, I found out too. Yeah, Ben Stiller did not want Ethan Hawke in this movie. Yeah, he had like huh. a other p- a couple other people lined up. Maybe I forget. He was threatened. He knew that she was going to not Alec, end up with. Mm-hmm. Was Alec Baldwin one of them or something like that? Who I the can't replacements remember. were? I don't know. Yeah. Ethan at, on the same page though. Ethan Hawke did not want to be in this movie. It sounds like he was like, "Who's this Ben Stiller guy?" Like I was just in a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> And why not is like, watch this watch this clip That's from the Ben so Stiller funny. show. It's real good. Speaking of which, where can I watch the Ben Stiller show? I've been looking everywhere. I got the DVDs. It was, I'll do you? I'll just let you borrow them. I thought it was on something. <laughs> I thought it would be on HBO because that's where it started, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Also, I bet it wasn't Alec Baldwin because think of the age gap in Beetlejuice where yeah. she's a yeah, child and he's you're and right. like an adult. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe you're I just thinking Beetlejuice. Oh, shit. I'm thinking about Beetlejuice again. <laughs> Don't say it a third time. Uh, the tagline for this movie is a comedy about love in the 90s. <laughs> okay. okay. That's get... so awful. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, because like, it is amazing how many people thought Ethan Hawke was such like a... Um, heartthrob babe at this time yeah he looked like a dirt ball in this <laughs> <laughs> who's that hooligan he, he, he looked like fucking kid rock in this he did look like kid rock i did think that it was like kind of crappy that she ends up being in love with like the emotionally unavailable guy that like treats her really poorly yeah who's straight up like like you know it's i not might hurt you all the time but like i'm not gonna change sometimes but I love i'm you. just gonna run away and not tell you where i am and leave you really upset and yeah. that's just who i am just like, like oh that sounds like she's a like, great yeah, relationship yeah yeah, that, that's like irresponsible. This is like the <laughs> irresponsible messages to be like teaching women of who. This is the Jordan Catalano. This is <laughs> this is not good. And you, uh, when we finished the movie, Z was like, "I gave this relationship five months." Oh yeah. Oh, honestly, <laughs> at at best, if she, it has makes a you nic- guys- she has a nicotine patch on in the end. Really? Too, when they like it, it looks like they like move they've, in together. They've come so far. Yeah, she has like a nicotine <laughs> patch on. If it makes you feel any better, when this movie was screened in Berkeley, they booed. <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I, I saw it went through like a lot of test audience shit. Okay. I can imagine that like Gen X didn't like them talking about Gen X in this way either. Totally. And like I feel like Berkeley is one of those like hip areas where they'd be like, you don't even know what we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the, to say something positive about it, I do like when she gets fired um, because she screws with the guy's cue cards to mm-hmm. say oh, I like yeah. very very young girls that's really funny <laughs> that's pretty funny uh i like the gas station scene what happens in the gas station scene <laughs> so free gasoline fight accident oh <laughs> well second ben stiller movie where like oh. <laughs> gas station is like an important scene yeah. no they're like remember when they dance in the gas station oh I oh my god part. it's so it's uncomfortable so to the knack right my sharona yes the, yeah that's ugh his band is so bad hey that's oh my, my bike God. it's just like a guy at a party strumming and it he's sucks. like talking like he's in fucking me without you over it <laughs> um they yeah. say the r word about three to four times a, a oh bunch. they do yeah. a lot <laughs> over I, like over nothing <laughs> yeah I wanted to count um, how many cigarettes were in this movie. Oh, my God. She's smoking in, like, every scene. There's a scene where she's, like, laying down in bed smoking. 
Oh, you know what was We've funny? We've all been there. I, I do think that scene where she like racks up the bill with the um, psychic on the phone. That's I think that's funny. pretty funny. Oh, that is. That, that's yeah. a good scene. And they're scene. like, we have a $450 phone bill. That's a great scene. For someone who's like unemployed. It's yeah. Like a funny thing to be doing. I think, I think it is kind of a shame that like we don't know anything about Steve Zahn's character at all except for the fact that like he's gay. Like we don't yeah. know where he works. We don't know where he lives. Like, it would be a much more interesting movie if it followed more I of agree. him. It really, yeah. yeah, he's wasted on this movie. And Janine Garofalo, she's like the, the straight woman through the whole thing. So straight how up. many people in this movie have we covered before? We've covered Ben Stiller, yes. Ethan Hawke, and Steve Zahn. When would we cover Steve Zahn? Joyride. Oh, shit. Yeah, and Ben Stiller was in Keeping the Faith. Janine Garofalo has to have been in something. I feel like she's a cameo in a lot of '90s movies. Maybe, maybe not though. You're right. Romeo and Michelle. We have to run the metrics. Oh, she's in Romeo and Michelle. Yeah, um, Very, yeah. She is right. Yeah, okay, definitely. Cool. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Uh, we're gonna have to get some wine and cheese metrics going. Oh, I have <laughs> a game for you guys. Okay. Let's hear it. Do you want to guess how old? these actors were when they were in this movie oh yes the four main ones this is 1994 well okay. it looks like i have um i have winona's mm-hmm. age ben stiller's age janine garofalo's age and ethan hawk's age okay perfect okay. okay why don't you start with winona Ryder? how old do you think she was in this movie she seems like the one of the more true to age people yeah i would th- say that she's probably like 23 i'm gonna say she is 26 she was 22. Damn. Damn. So there okay. you go. Nice. Um, Love young women. <laughs> <laughs> Sound clip that. Go for it. <laughs> Sound and like her boss over here. <laughs> why don't you guys just guess? I'll I'll say that Ethan Hawke was around the same age. He was 23. Okay. 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 What about Janine Garofalo and Ben Stiller? You want to take yeah. a stab at they that? They got to be around the same also. I would guess that they're... So like New like York alt comedy scene, I would guess that they're like... I'm going to say 31. I'm going to undercut you a little bit and say 28 for Janine. Damn, Mike's good at this game. He's good, damn. Janine Garofalo was 29. 29. Ben Stiller was 28. Sure. That is great. That's a big I'm guessing Steve's on is probably on the younger side. He's probably closer with Ethan Hawke and stuff. Mm -hmm. That checks out. This is like my favorite game to play for movies. Like, how old was the actor? Especially when they're playing someone like fresh out of school or in (laughs) school. Yeah. But it is kind of funny how. Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo play a little bit of like grown up, more mature people in the film, even though they're True. supposed to be the same age. True. Mm-hmm. Their experience shines through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to guess where this movie falls on the IMDb tag for Generation X, what number do you think it would be? Probably number one. For Gen X? Yeah, Generation X. Um, in the zeitgeist, I've it's got to be cl- one or two. It's number 22. Wow. What's number one? Gross Point Blank, Singles, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Encino Man, Clerks, Empire Records, Heathers, River's Edge. I feel like none of those Shaun are of specifically dead. about Gen X. Yeah, though. I agree. Clueless and Where Scream are up there. Clueless, yeah. I would argue, is a little yeah. more. Um, coming of age film number one, a movie I've wanted to see for a while with Winona Ryder. Girl, Dune. Girl Interrupted. <laughs> Dune. <laughs> Number one is Girl Interrupted? Wow. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. You know what's really interesting? Thinking apparently. about the comparison this is 21, yeah. of Clueless to Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. Like, that's supposed to cover very similar generation. Yeah, but they're super different movies. Yeah. 
completely different movies. Zia, I apologize in advance, but if you had to guess where this movie falls on the IMDb tag for bouncing breasts, <laughs> where do you think it would fall? <laughs> I think low. It's top 20. I'll give you what? that. I'll 19. Out of town. <laughs> There's not even that many women in this movie. Well, you <laughs> know what though? Some bouncing breasts. I gotta say, who's breasts? Why Nona doesn't this? wear a bra the entire movie? Maybe that's I clocked what it that is. right away. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in your mind, it's number one with a bullet. <laughs> 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 it is uh, number eighteen. What's number one? Number one is <laughs> a movie I've never seen, but it famously stars only men. I'm pretty sure, the, like the full Monty the or long, something. The longest yard. Oh, <laughs> it's wow, like that's pretty good. It's like I like Chris that this Rock, list is not Adam gender Sandler. exclusive. Oh yeah. Magic I like Mike. That. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Um and lastly, um movies that take place in Houston, Texas, such as this. What do you think number one is? Royal Tannenbaums. Mm-hmm. That was filmed there, I just know that. <laughs> Joey has to say mm. The Longest Yard. Yeah, I'm gonna go longest yard. <laughs> The top five are have a very strange common theme. Uh, Deep Impact, First Man, Gravity, Independence Day, and number one is The Martian. It's all like... They're all like space movies. Like Apollo 13. Independence Day is, takes place in Houston? Paris, Texas. I thought it took place in D.C. for the I did part. too. Maybe it jumps around. I don't know. That's I don't weird. know. I love that movie and I don't remember Houston in it at all. Houston, we have a problem. S- something's up. They're all and space by, Maybe movies. it's one of that. By Royal Tannenbaums, I meant Rushmore. Okay. Oh, right. We right, watched right. Rushmore recently, Pretty and that good. was all shot in Texas, I found out. That's yeah. a good one. I like that That's movie That's a great a one. Haven't seen it in a while. Something's up with this list, because Reality Bites is number 25, and then you've also got like Capricorn 1. Uh, like, they're all space movies. I don't understand it. <laughs> Apollo 13. <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. The That's Aviator, what I'm Airplane 2. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's probably just movies that mention Houston. Then, yeah, probably. That sucks. IMDb, fix that feature. You better please. write him a letter. I, I'll a nice handwritten a, letter. An fix email. Your, <laughs> fix your website. <laughs> fix, your, fix your no good website. Dear sir or madam. <laughs> What does Trump always call them? Bad food restaurants? Yours is a bad movie website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got nothing else to say. Do you guys have any parting thoughts? Um, What's everybody? Not good. Let's let's rate both because I don't think we rated the album. Oh, good point. I would give the album like a four and a half out of five. And I would give the movie. I think I originally said a two and a half out of five, but I'm going to bump it down to a two. I like hard agree. Yeah. I, I think the album gets a four and a half and yeah. I'll, I'll just agree actually. Yeah. We'll just hold hands on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's okay, fine. Great. I, think, I think that's the right assessment. We're all <laughs> yeah. in that together. I mean, the movie isn't like the worst thing I've ever seen, but I will never rewatch it. I would have been fine never having seen it. Yeah. Same. Whereas the album would suck if I never found this album. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It would suck if I never heard this album. Not the album would suck. But I, yeah. The album would suck if I never heard it. <laughs> what a weird self-righteous player, like first person, <laughs> first player syndrome shit. Um, well, if I haven't heard it, it sucks. <laughs> uh, Zia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, this was great. The big yeah. five so much for having me. The this big five O. Our golden anniversary, and you were here to witness it. Thank it you so much. It was really it was nice. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not the last time. And last time ever. And thanks no. to anyone congratulations still, still on listening. your retirement <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm looking forward to you guys celebrating your golden years where's now? our gold <laughs> we need a gold watch for our retirement where's i love our gold i love gold <laughs> <laughs>